Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Highway Community Podcast for Sunday, November 14th, 2021. This morning, we're continuing our teaching series entitled Highway Volume 2, where we have been exploring what it looks like for us as a church to be formed and shaped by the person of Jesus and the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And over the past seven weeks now, in that spirit, inspired by the way of Jesus, we have looked together at what it means for us to be a community that is vitally connected to the Father what it means for us to be a community that is oriented around Jesus' mission, what it means for us to be a humble community, a welcoming community, and a generous community. And this morning, we're going to continue our series by considering what it looks like for us to be a sacrificial community. And our text today, if you'd like to join me in the scriptures, is from Mark chapter 10. And as we pick up the action in the middle of Mark chapter 10, Jesus is on his way up to Jerusalem with his disciples and a crowd of followers. And as they are on their way, Jesus takes the disciples aside and explains to them what is going to happen when they arrive in Jerusalem. Jesus tells them that he will be betrayed that he will be condemned to death by the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he will be handed over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And then after Jesus tells them all of that, Mark chapter 10, verse 35 says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. Now, given everything that Jesus has just shared with the disciples, it feels more than a little tone deaf for James and John to be asking Jesus for preferential treatment here. And it also feels a bit like this request just comes out of nowhere. But something that we know about Mark is that he is a very intentional storyteller. And that's true, really, of of all of the gospel authors. But the gospel narratives are extremely rich and intricate. And so it should come as no surprise then that, that when we zoom out a bit, we find some context for James and John's request. One chapter earlier, in Mark chapter 9, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a high mountain where they experienced this incredible glimpse of God's glory. Jesus' appearance changed dramatically before their eyes. Moses and Elijah appeared with them on the mountain. And then, as if all of that wasn't enough, God spoke audibly 
to confirm Jesus's identity as his son. And so that definitely connects some dots for us, I think, relative to both the substance and the timing of James and John's request here in Mark chapter 10. As they are walking with Jesus up to Jerusalem, James and John have some insider information. Because of the supernatural experience that they had on the mountain, they have it on pretty good account that Jesus is the Messiah. And in their minds, that means that Jesus is going to be delivering them out from underneath the oppression of the Romans and restoring Israel to the salad days of King David's rule. And James and John want to secure positions in that new order. Listen to how Jesus responds to them in verse 38. He says, you don't know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. See, James and John wanted greatness in a worldly sense. But they wanted the position, the status, the power, and the prestige of sitting at the right and left of Jesus when he was on the throne. And the fact that they were surreptitiously vying for these positions— behind the backs of the other disciples, only accentuates that. And of course, Jesus knows that they don't really know what they're asking. And when he asks them if they can drink the cup he drinks, or be baptized with the baptism he's baptized with, right, which are symbols of the very things that he has just spoken about that would be happening to him after he arrives in Jerusalem, they respond, we can. Verse 39 of Mark 10 says that Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. Now, when the other disciples heard about the lobbying that James and John had been doing, they were not happy. Mark says, in fact, that they became indignant with them. And Mark chapter 10, verse 42 says that Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and give his life as a ransom for many. And so Jesus reveals there that greatness in the economy of God's kingdom is countercultural. Unlike what is evidenced from the rulers of the world, in God's kingdom, greatness is not defined by position, 
It's not defined by authority. It's not defined by ruling over others. Instead, greatness comes through sacrificial service. Greatness comes through sacrificial service. Jesus says that the one who wants to be great in God's kingdom must be a servant. As Jesus navigates this conflict among his disciples here, my mind flashes back to the very beginning of Mark's story. Jesus, in Mark chapter 1, is walking along the Sea of Galilee, and he sees James and John in a boat preparing their nets to fish. And Mark says that Jesus called them, and they left their father in the boat with the hired men and followed him. And so James and John were not just loitering on the lake shore when they encountered Jesus. They had lives and a livelihood. And they very intentionally left that behind. They left their father and the family business in order to follow Jesus. They sacrificed in a very real and tangible way. But here in Mark 10, we find them struggling to do that. They're struggling to let go of their attachment to power and position and status and prestige and authority. But James and John, what they ultimately want is they want Jesus and all of those things. And there's a very important word for us, I think, in all of that. Because the voices of our culture are similarly constantly telling us that we can do it all and have it all. Right? We live in a culture that is constantly encouraging us to add. It's a culture of more more work, more responsibility, more activities, more school, more specialization. And the modern church in America, unfortunately, has effectively bought into and perpetuated that cultural narrative. And the church has done that by, pro by trying to pretty much do everything possible to make following Jesus as easy and as inobtrusive and as convenient as possible. And the message that, 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 that ultimately undergirds that, right, the message that comes from making following Jesus as easy and as inobtrusive and as convenient as possible is that you, you can do everything and you can have everything and Jesus too. And I have to confess that, that I too have been guilty of perpetuating that narrative. And I, I have spent all kinds of time over the course of my years in ministry strategizing about how to craft everything to be as easy and as convenient for everyone as possible so that we can fit Jesus in to everything else that we're doing. But this story from Mark 10 importantly reminds us that following Jesus ultimately requires 
that we leave things behind. Following Jesus requires, ultimately, that we leave things behind. It requires that we let go of the things that we are attached to. Whether that's pride, or control, or achievement, or power, or status, or fear. And it requires that we let go of those things because... That's the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is sacrifice. Now, when we think about Jesus and sacrifice, it can be easy for our minds to immediately gravitate to the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And it can be really difficult paralyzing even, to try to access what sacrifice on that scale looks like for us in the various places where we find ourselves. But that's not where Jesus is asking James and John, or you and me, to start. Jesus doesn't ask us to start at the end. Instead, he invites us to sacrifice incrementally. Jesus invites us to sacrifice incrementally. Take a listen again to what Jesus says in verse 43 of Mark 10. He says, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to become great must be your servant. And so, as we sacrifice in order to serve God and others, we become great. It doesn't all happen at once. It's a process of becoming. And that's consistent, by the way, with the journey that Jesus lays out in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And in the original language, all of those verbs are in the present active tense, which is to say that they convey a continuous ongoing action. So a more literal translation would be, whoever wants to be my disciple must keep denying themselves, keep taking up their cross, and keep following me. And so following Jesus is an incremental journey that requires that we keep on taking up the cross. And we actually see this with James and John. They had already sacrificed to follow Jesus. They had already left a lot behind. But here in Mark chapter 10, it's another day. And Jesus is inviting them to keep on taking up their cross. And that's the nature of the journey. Following Jesus involves making decisions on a daily basis that are disruptive. Decisions that disrupt our attachments to the world. And decisions that enable us to attach ourselves instead to Jesus 
and his kingdom. And my prayer is that as we enter into this new volume of ministry together at Highway, that we would be a sacrificial community, that we would be a community that is aware of and attuned to and willing to embrace the sacrifices that are required to be connected to the Father, to partner with God in his mission of restoration, and to be humble and welcoming and generous in the way of Jesus. As we consider what it means to be a sacrificial community, it seems only fitting for us to close our time together this morning around the Lord's table. Now, communion is the practice through which we remember how God has shown his love for us through the person of his son, Jesus. And as we consider these verses from Mark 10 today, and Jesus' redefinition of greatness as sacrificial service, I'm reminded of Paul's words in Philippians chapter 2, where he talks about the way that Jesus, although he was in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus set his divine nature aside and made himself nothing. He relinquished his rights, he relinquished his power, and he relinquished his authority. Jesus emptied himself. He poured out his divine glory, took on the very nature of a servant, and became obedient to death. And the bread and the cup are symbols of that ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made. The bread represents Jesus' body given for us, and the cup represents his blood poured out for us. And as we sit with these elements this morning and remember Jesus' sacrifice and consider his call for us to keep on taking up the cross, where is Jesus inviting you to sacrifice? Where is Jesus inviting you to sacrifice? Where is he inviting you to sacrifice in order to spend time with him? Where is he inviting you to sacrifice 
in order to spend time with others in community? Where is he inviting you to sacrifice in order to spend time serving others? Luke chapter 22, verse 19 says that Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. Gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. May we do this in remembrance of him. Father, we are so grateful for the gift of your son, Jesus. For the way that he embodied sacrifice with all of who he was, starting with the sacrifices that he made to enter into this world as a human being, all the way to the ultimate sacrifice that he made on the cross. And Father, we're grateful for the invitation that Jesus has given us to participate in that same journey to follow him, to be servants, to follow in the way of Jesus by continuing to deny ourselves and take up the cross. And Father, we confess this morning all the ways that we are like James and John. We confess the struggle that it is to detach ourselves from things that get in the way of following you. Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see the sacrifices that you are inviting us to make on a daily basis. Would you help us to live into the kingdom mathematics of addition through subtraction? Would you release us from the narratives that we have to do, that of our culture, that we have to do more and more and more? And Father, may we make the sacrifices so that we can experience more of you, whatever it is that those things look like. May we be attuned to and aware of those incremental sacrifices that you are calling us to. And as we step into those things and serve you, Father, may we 
experience you in the beautiful presence of your kingdom in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.